I'm dealing with my second little haircut from my daughter, my 12 year old, my second Corona haircut. Did you see my bald spot? <laughs> I was like, I've been looking at that bald spot the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Randy. So funny. I'm Josh Sigmund and I'm a mortgage lender. I'm also a geek for money, not just earning it and saving it, but literally everything about it. I love that money has rules. It has its truths. I love investment strategies and I love making money work for us. For so many, money is emotional. For me, it's logical, like a puzzle. My passion is also helping others with their money. I love looking at people's finances, dissecting their puzzle and rebuilding with strategy and purpose. And I'm really good at it. I'm making this podcast about my money strategies, not the things that are written in books or sold in programs. It's a podcast outlining the lessons I've learned and used for the past 15 years. These strategies help me and those who use them save more, give more, create wealth, and retire early. Let me teach you how to build your net worth. You ready? Welcome to Sigmund Sense. So today we're gonna have a fun one. Yes, this is so fun. Uh, second episode back from Corona, Cor- time. Corona time, and uh, you know it's funny. I, I I do feel very blessed. I uh, first of all welcome back to Sigmund Sense episode X. I don't know which one this is. <laughs> Never um, can tell. Thank you for liking and subscribing. Please share with your friends and family. Tell them all. Uh, and uh, we're going to give you some entertainment today. Yes. Because, I can't wait. Um, uh, like I was saying, I, I do feel like I'm a very blessed individual. I know that uh, I've had a ridiculous amount of success and luck mm-hmm. in relationships and money since I've been alive. But that doesn't mean I didn't have lots of failures too, right? Well, I think that's it, like what they say, right? I mean... Anybody that has been incredibly successful, there, there's always the underbelly, right? There's always the bad crap yeah. that's happened. So and no one ever talks about it, but you know they walk yeah. in water. So I want to be authentic and I want to be all transparent. I'm gonna tell you about all the bad and, shit that's. And that I I've just want to make him relive it all. Yeah. So I'll, I'll cry myself to sleep. <laughs> this may or may not be real coffee. This might be alcohol. We're not sure yet. We're not we'll sure. Check. Can't um, tell surprise right but um yeah so you know i've I literally had a good friend of mine that that looked me in the eyes one day and said josh whatever you touch turns into gold and i was like yeah. nope i assure you of that <laughs> and and uh so i just was sitting here talking with you about you know what should we talk about and you know she's like well bryn's like well we should talk about your bad investments i was Let's like that sounds it. like a horrible idea yeah uh but it it took me like three seconds to write down two four six eight ten of them that just came spewing of my from of my memory because these are over a million dollars of losses I've personally taken in bad investments and this is just the ones that come to the top of my mind these are not the smaller investments that I've I've lost on um and I know that there's big wigs out there that are doing commercial deals and losing tens of millions of dollars and I said a million uh but you know that it's it's the same game whether you're losing a thousand bucks or a hundred thousand bucks or a million bucks as a percentage of your income right so uh, what I thought would be more valuable is to kind of describe some things I've done yeah. uh, that were probably ill-advised or, or were preventable or I could have had a better outcome. But also then to kind of look back and tell you what lessons I learned from that because 
you know, what's funny is when I was when I was, when you asked me to write down like what some bad investments were, I don't know if you noticed, but the first thing I wrote down was what I learned. You did, the yeah. The first thing I did was I was like, well, I learned this, I learned this, I learned this, yeah. I learned this because uh, those are the landmines that I would like to, all you guys to avoid because there's some basic things that are in there that it's like, yeah, a, an idiot would have not something a landmine, Josh, but you managed to do it. So <laughs> I'm just telling you, there are some very easy and, and preventable things uh, to help you keep your money. And uh, and then, so I'd like to go through both those and then at the yeah. very end and give you some of the, the final coup d'etat, you know, final takeaways of, of what I would, uh, what I think are the things I've learned through the experiences. Um, I'm so excited. Yeah, and I'll, I, I don't know how you want to start this, you know, um, do you, would you like me to just start just burying my soul, soul. or do you have some questions about- No, I want to know what the very first investment was. Well, first good one or bad one? Bad, Josh, this is all misery lane. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is going to be very painful. So my very first bad investment was actually a bad stockbroker. A bad stockbroker. Yeah, okay. so it uh, sounds weird to say that. How old um, were you? So I started cheating on Ron Anderson, who is a good stockbroker with a guy that I will not disclose at a bigger shell bank, right? Why did you move? Uh, because the guy was flashy and seemed like he was very successful and he made a lot of money that I thought, or I thought he made a lot of money, which is kind of some warning signs here. Was he so, referred to you by someone? Um, I met him through somebody. Okay. But, um, you know, I can't say that I had a good character reference. I can't say I had a bad character reference. What I would just say is that uh, I was attracted to whatever he was portraying. So I've got yeah. boring Ron Anderson, and I say that lovingly, yes, Ron. I, lovingly. I say that super boring, like from a standpoint of you stay the course. Like half the lessons I probably taught on this, I probably learned from Ron, Ron along the way. So yeah. I'm, I really sincerely am saying Ron is one of the best humans in the world, but he's the boring play by the rules don't chase returns stay the yes, course six to eight percent is good <laughs> it's a long-term game don't freak yeah. out like all the boring shit and i i and like risk and i like you know let's let's see what happens if i drive my car really yeah. fast over this hump let's in the hill blow this mother and, yeah, right, up. exactly right so i met the stockbroker and and so what i did uh which was uh, i don't know if i referenced this on a different uh podcast but i started for a period of about five years, it was him. There was actually three of them. Uh, this one is the one bad investment, but there are three guys. So two and Ron, I started giving equal amounts of money to. Yes. Okay. So I'd get, you know, if I if I could save three thousand that month, I'd give a thousand, thousand, thousand. If I could save fifteen hundred that month, I'd give five hundred, five hundred, five hundred. Okay. And I would do this, and I say that that's my first really bad investment because um, my my gut instinct in the first year was a bad choice. That was my gut instinct. Um, uh, but I like people. Right. And I would say that a lot of people that listen to this really might like their advisor, whether it's a CPA or financial planner and insurance agent or whatever. Absolutely. And, and then you start to feel bad for even thinking about it. You don't want to move your money off. I because mean, because the relationship yes. you don't want to take from, right. You don't want to hurt and I, I think that's a really important starting point because, you know, you're not going to probably get it right the first time, right? Like whoever your first CPA is, your first insurance agent, your first stockbroker, they're probably not the perfect fit. Right. The chances of the luck that you'd have to have for it to be perfect and the best at what they do for and understand your situation and be in relationship with you and all those things is damn near impossible. So yeah, no, mine uh, what I didn't do great. was I didn't move money fast enough. So I kept on giving and giving and giving and giving and giving them. And at the end of three years, yes, I finally was at the point where I, I measured all three returns and, and losses because we it was actually going through the 2007 timeframe at the time at the back end of it. So I got to see the good years, the you know, who was higher and I got to see the bad years too 
who lost more as well. And this guy consistently didn't make as much on the upswings and lost more in the downswings. Mm. And uh, and when I really started getting into it and diving into it and, and looking at the numbers, uh, probably the two or three things I realized first and foremost, number one, uh, way higher fee schedule, like way oh. higher fee schedule. So um, fees do matter. You know, I've probably talked about this in several podcasts, but- Is that something up. you typically ask in the beginning when you it's hire? It's something that's disclosed. You usually don't ask after that, uh, but different investments have different fee schedules, oh, okay. right? So, okay. and I don't, don't want to get overly technical, like, you know, mutual funds, you might pay, you know, uh, A, B or C cost or commission schedule, which is basically front loaded, split or back loaded, you know, pay as you go, pay up all up the front. You can, there's different arguments for what you should do. Okay. Um, so I'll leave that to, to them. But bottom line was apples to apples across the board in like, in like in kind investments, across the board, fee schedule higher, commission schedule higher. Uh, and with that, I was actually getting consistently less advice, oh. less guidance. It was always a uh, response to an inquiry from me. Right. Never a proactive, hey, buddy. Just want to let you know that the market's yeah. turning. You should we should get should ahead of this, right? Right. Um, so that was probably my first one. That's probably a boring answer, but that was probably my first I was bad say, investment. That's so boring. Okay, yeah. let's spice this up. Um, yeah, but uh, that boring answer cost me about uh, seventy five thousand bucks in my first three years, and arguably okay. your early years are. So um, did you? So of the money that you gave him. And you were finally realized, okay, you're not great. Mm-hmm. Did you get to take money away from him? Or yeah, did he so just I didn't like, lose it. I didn't lose, lose it all. It all. Um, but I did end up losing from every dollar invested. First of all, I lost time and time value mm-hmm. of money matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, second of all, when I finally did move, the problem is when you're invested with institutional investments, uh, like a Vanguard or, or a, a American funds, something like that, if you're going to transfer brokerages and you don't stay in that institutional investment, oh, okay. then you get to repay for a new commission, mm. right? You do take the loss uh, as you transfer. If you stay within that group, then you're typically okay. Um, but so real money, I lost roughly 75000 bucks in a three-year period of time, uh, separate of what I could have earned, separate of right. what it would be worth now, right? right? So... It was a pretty expensive lesson, especially early on, because it was in my mid twenties, and that's a whole, whole, whole lot of money to most people in their mid twenties. Well, yeah, most anyone, right? Absolutely. Um, so that was probably my first one. Um, at about the same time, the more exciting ones are: I, I decided that I was a young entrepreneur, and I think a lot of people will resonate with this one. In that, <laughs> um, you know, I think the American dream is to be all you can be and do whatever you want. And I kind of envision myself as I'm smart enough and know enough people that I can kind of find investments and get in on them. So I decided like so many people, I should invest in bars. Uh, <laughs> bars and restaurants would be- Bars and restaurants. Yeah, Ta-da. bars and restaurants would be a, a good, horrible investment And you're in most already cases. a lender, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely a lender now. <laughs> so I've got some excess cash. <laughs> and of course, I don't want to put my money with boring old Ron, <laughs> who I should have put my money with. Poor um, Ron. Right. <laughs> he's just sitting back. He's right? sitting back there laughing. Just laughing his ass off. Because he knows he's right. And I've given him, I've given this- you know what I did appreciate about Ron with all these bad investments is he he's like the older smart guy that understands I'm an experiential learner. Like the puppy that can't yeah, stop jumping. I, I'm the, him telling me is not going to work. No. He needs me to just crash and burn. He's math, like, we can make this a lot like, easier. You can just write me a check for 75 right. grand and I'll right. rip it up in front of you. I'll right. throw it out the window um, for you. A toast to you, Ron. I this know, is, right? This is, this is, I'm, I'm imagining this is wine. One second. <laughs> one one so, second. <laughs> so... 
So anyways, um, I get into bars and restaurants. So. Okay, but like how? So like meet somebody and it's like, yeah, hey, so I've got this great really bar funny. concept. Uh, it's going to go into a lesson learned on the bar side, but most of the time when you think, think about bars and restaurants, most of the time, um, A's look at how long they on average stay open right? Like most bars and restaurants do not stay open for five years, let alone a year. It's a big deal to make a year. Um, And that doesn't mean that they're even profitable. Uh, There's too much skimming, uh, waste in foods, uh, service, you know, the service industry is just very difficult. So you've got some young entrepreneur that has a great concept, right? And they're a vibrant person that sells you their great concept. And this concept, you're like, oh man, that would be that would be Sounds awesome. Cool I would go to that bar. Yeah. And uh, and then they of course slide in that they're looking for investors, and then you're the guy that has a little bit of cash. And so um And so what was the concept that you were sold? Which on? one? I lost money in lots of bars the and first restaurants. One. Uh, <laughs> the first bar. So uh, Austin has Sixth Street. Okay. Uh, so there was a bar down in, in sixth street and it was going to be this, uh, another live, uh, music venue, which is kind of like bringing more water to the ocean right. when it comes to Austin and sixth street, Yeah. except the location, 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 which somebody I didn't investigate enough was not really on sixth street. It okay. was the address was, but you had to mm-hmm. go down a small alley to get to the door. Oh. Well, you could have marketed as a speakeasy. Hello. Which, <laughs> if I had a marketing team <laughs> at the time, maybe that would have worked. But clearly, this bar did not have this marketing team. On top of this, what I was unaware of at the time, because I did not ask enough questions, which is a recurring event in my life. Uh, details, details, details. At least for the losses, it's usually that I didn't ask enough questions and wasn't inquisitive enough or didn't know enough about didn't it. Know what, didn't know what to did ask. Right. Was, uh, I was attempting to catch a falling knife. What I, didn't real, what I did not know at the time was that there was a first round of investors mm. that had burned through all their money and they were trying to keep the bar open. It wasn't a oh, new bar. No. So it was reinvesting. I feel as like a, they should have to tell you that. You would think, right? You would think. Like, is that wrong? Is that bad business? Uh, I think it's absolutely unethical okay. behavior. Okay. Uh, but it also was a question, a little bit more investigation on my side. If I had just fucking driven up there and see what, <laughs> right, which is an hour and a half away instead you, you of. You never saw it? And, uh, I saw when it was closing down because I want to see if I could gra- grab something. <laughs> I did see it was was shutting down. Is that um, what you meant by the falling knife? Yeah, <laughs> I was falling. Yes, absolutely. Um, oh my god! You know, you can laugh at me all you want, but yeah, this is this is real life. Um, and what's here's here's what's even more sad about it this story. Bl- that just blows my mind because that's just not you. Like, well, it, it, it is. Not, to not it go is, up there, though. So my strength is that uh, as a D personality, I'm an optimist. And I also, uh, DI, I, I also have a high trust in people, which makes me a target. <laughs> it's a weak link too. So for the record, I've learned a damn lesson. So if you ask me if I'm invest, the answer is fucking no. No. Okay? No, it's not going to happen. Um, but especially early on in my life, you know, uh, and I think if you look back on a lot of young people, you get a little jangle in your pockets. Like look at YouTube or TikTok or Facebook and look at these I idiot kids. I love that TikTok kids. has come up twice right. today. Look at, look at these idiot kids that take piles of money and they burn it. Or these stupid ass uh, rappers that are in strip clubs <laughs> with piles of money and just handing out bricks of money to yeah. the guy next to them. And they're, yeah. they're, they think this is cool. <laughs> um, 
it's really it's cool not, for those around. It's not freaking cool. It's just stupid. <laughs> um, but you know, it's it's it just goes back to people that are new money, and I for sure am a new money person, right? I'm like I don't come from wealth. You know, my dad and mom have good incomes, but I didn't come yeah. from wealth. Yeah, it goes back to if you don't learn it or get taught it, you're going to have to experience it. And usually it's a lot of yeah. falling along the way. So yeah. um, I did know one of the investors okay. and I trust that guy implicitly and he's a good guy. Okay. So he also lost all of his money in this deal. Okay. So, so at he least you introduced- went down together. Oh yeah. In flames. And, uh, and we <laughs> talked good, about that's it. That's good for the relationship. It's great for the relationship or it's really bad. But what's really funny though, <laughs> the same guy, so they put this into a, a good twist too. <laughs> We also own a restaurant up in Austin together, the same guy. And that restaurant's been open for over 10 years. And really? I get a check every single quarter oh. without exception forever. Like it's been. Does it start with a P? Uh, no. Or a T? No. Oh. Um, no. No, no. It's not PTs? No, no. <laughs> PTs? No, I don't own a strip club. And if I did, I would not admit it. <laughs> oh. Hey. No. Uh, um, <clears throat> No, I'm a, a small investor in a burger joint up in Austin. Oh, cool. And that burger joint's been in Texas Monthly. is top 25 well, like, burger multiple on. times. Can we, can we advertise it? Doesn't I mean, matter. Um, I mean, the, the, if I were the market, I'm a minority owner. I'm a limited partner. And so it's one of those deals where I have zero operational oversight. It's just silent. I gave money up front. Totally silent partner. I just get a check, get a check, get a check. So, so if I hadn't experienced the bad deal there, he wouldn't have brought me into the good deal because he felt like, holy shit, Josh, I'm sorry yeah. I got you in this. That's and it's cool. been it's paid dividends. It's paid for the bar that I lost. It is. Has it really? Oh, multiple times. When did you invest in that? In this? Um, burger uh, place? The bar was probably when I was twenty eight. I'm forty one. Uh, the restaurant was probably when I was uh, thirty. So wow, I, the bar, okay. the restaurant's been open for twelve years, probably 13, 11, That's amazing. Years. Oh yeah, I'm crushing it. Um, yeah. So I, I think the point is is that. You know, I didn't, I, there were some basic, simple things I could have done, like further un- understand the business model, why they were looking for investors. Like, that's like a really great question to ask. Like, why do you need money? Like, think about yeah. that. Yeah. A, a good business plan can get a bank loan. A good business plan can get a bank loan. A good, can they though? I mean, yeah, small business, uh, small business loans, SBA loans. Uh, um, now you have to have cash to put into it. So you have to be a down payment. Okay. Uh, but think about this. Like, now that I'm a loan officer and I understand risk better, uh, who is more likely to foreclose with zero experience? Somebody that has zero dollars in the house that they bought or somebody that has 50% down in the house that they bought? Who's going to probably lose their house more likely? Zero? Yeah. So guess what? <laughs> it works the same in fucking business. If somebody has zero yeah, of their own well, money into why, it. Yeah, you want your own... Like, what are you going to put into this? Right. But you don't ask those questions because when you're are, young. what are they going right? to do? So they're just going to run it? So well, the yeah, person so with the idea is just going to run I'm it. I'm the idea guy. I'm the brilliant guy. I'm the IT and guy. And I'll be I'm here the, every day. I'm going to I'm work here every day. I'm going to bring sweat equity to it. I need my investors to bring money into it. So you now have somebody that you're investing in that doesn't have cash, which means it brings questions no, up. Fine. Like yeah. Are they good financially? Are they a great operator? Or are they just a great dreamer? Right. right? So invest in my business. Invest in me. But I don't have any experience ever you know, uh, looking at track records and pedigrees and things like that. Like if you, it'd be one thing if you were a, you literally for the last 15 years have been running a restaurant, right. not the boss, but I, you're the operator. Uh, so you know the ins and outs of it. And then you've got a great concept. You're going to go do that concept in the same space. So you're an expert of the subject matter. You know how to run 
the cost, the people. But the, still, I think, like, I still think you have but to But please put own. some freaking you money up. You need to put some yes. money. Like, or if I put up my money, I get more of the ownership because right. there's a lot, because there's more right. risk, in my opinion. So that was something hmm. that, uh, from the bar and restaurant perspective, and I, I've probably, I don't want to exaggerate, I think I've lost one, two, three bars. I've lost uh, two restaurants. Um, so those are- So you, you've invested in seven and one is still around? Oh no no! I've I've still got um, half or so, uh, five or so around probably. Right oh, now. okay. Yeah, five five are still open and operating and paying dividends. And if I look at the overall return from those five, I'm probably close to even. But let okay. that's still a loss. Yeah. Because if I had just taken the damn money twelve years ago and put it with fucking boring run, <laughs> I would have more money. And less heartache and less headache, right? Um, How many investors were in the first bar? That I know of uh, in the second round, seven. I don't know how many were in the first round. Well, here's the problem. It went down in flames within 30 days of my check. My my check went over. It was closed before the first month. What did they do with the money? Uh, They went to pay back bills that they were behind on with the idea of the, the cash influx would be enough. They were doing all these promotions to get more people into this bar. Um... And I forget what happened, but there was something, it wasn't a disruption like this, obviously, but there was a disruption where, I think it was actually weather related. I think it was one of those weird seasons where there's normally a whole lot of activity in the time of year, but there was rain, 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 Hmm. rain, rain. And so that was, it's a bullshit answer, but it was, was I shouldn't have put in a 30, that was a, that one bar, the first was a $35,000 check. That literally disappeared within 30 days. That's how I bad mean, it was. I'm sweating just thinking about it. Yeah. Like, this is why, like, I... Make fun of me. It's okay. I mean, I have to deflect. So I don't. it's like giving me the most anxiety yeah. ever. You know, another one Ugh. that I did, um, you know, no, no, no names, no people, because the people are awesome people um, that I invest with. Again, I've, I've always tend to invest in the people. Um, right. Because I trust the people and I, they would never do anything to hurt me, at least the people I've invested in. Uh, and to this day, there's not one person I can look back on and think I, they, they, they intentionally tried to screw it me. It wasn't right? a scam. No, I've never been. It was just that a. That I know of, I've never been scammed. It was just a. Bad business just choice. A bad business choice. Right. Or a bad um, but, you know, here's, here's or... another example. Like, um, you know, I invested in a taco restaurant in San Antonio. Yeah. Right? Bring more sand to the beach, please. Right. <laughs> I mean, uh, Let's call it what it is. Why there, I invested theme. in a taco. There's a, there's a theme here. Right, right. Like we don't need more tortillas in San Antonio, Texas. It was not a good business choice. So it lasted for a couple, two years, three years was open, but I never got a dollar out of it. Yeah. You know, and I think that check was a hundred thousand bucks. You know? So why, so I'm going to keep asking the question because I think this is where, I think, because I think this is the interesting part. Yeah. Why? Because I'm a gambler. Okay. And I'm a serial entrepreneur because, you but know. But is that, but like when you're, oh, let's when add you're an being ego. hit up. Let's, let's add an ego. Okay. Let's so when you're being ego. hit up, right. And is that how it works? Like someone is like, hey, I, like you're having dinner with somebody and they're like, oh, by the way. So I have this like restaurant that I want to open. Yeah. What do you think? Like. Yeah. That's pretty much how probably half of those went. Like no, <laughs> no joke. Um, and, and it's nothing negative. I can't say anything negative about it. It's like, I am a eternal optimist. And if right. I believe in something like, yeah, dude, like that, you, it sounds like you're onto something. And, and then, then at some point, you know, 
would you be interested in being a silent partner? It's like, I don't know. Let, let me see the, let me see the deal, which another lesson you learn. Yeah. Projections are projections. And it's kind of like stats. You can torture the numbers to say whatever the hell you want that you want them to say. So a, a lot of the, not a lot of most of the projections of a business pitch, not just bars and restaurants, but other businesses mm -hmm. I've been part of, the projections were never hit, never ever hit. even close. Especially, especially in the time frame by which they were supposed it to. It always takes longer. Like not or never happens, uh, right? Um, like one of the things that I'm really clear about, and I'll list through my my top takeaways here at the end. But um, there are ops people and there are salespeople, and if you don't have both at a company, it's going to fail. Yeah, you, you can't it. have a great salesperson and not know how to run the numbers. They can yeah. be the most personality ever and draw get great, all the business. And they're the same person that gives away all the fucking alcohol, <laughs> right? Because they love everybody. They're yes. just not a good business person. And yeah, and you can have you know yeah. the you know push the the numbers around <laughs> nerd that is amazing at cutting corners and costs. But if they can't draw a crowd for whatever or or get then the it product sold, yeah, it'll be bankrupt yeah, because there's work, no yeah. revenue coming in. So. Uh, but so some these bars and restaurants were, were pretty damn expensive for me. Uh, I will never invest invest another uh, bar and restaurant ever. Do you want to have dinner tomorrow night? I have this great idea. I'm sure you do. <laughs> I will never invest another bar and restaurant ever. Ever? I, yeah, ever. Uh, hey, oh, what I've if you a, open one? I have a close third one though. Uh, I invested in movies. What kind of movies? Uh, like as in like big product production movies. That you can find on Netflix and you can oh, find, good. yeah, like. Uh, I didn't know and, where we were going there for a second. <laughs> well, Chris and I have made movies before, but that's our oh, private store. Um, and no, we are so. the star in this new business. <laughs> star, <laughs> director, uh, cinematographer, In this editor, case, you can be everything. Editor, yes. Um, <laughs> so, you're in, so you're into movies. Okay. All right. Uh, Christy, I love you. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> she's going to delete everything tonight. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> and and that you can add that to the list of failed investments. Failed investments. Failed investments. <laughs> um, so so soon. when it comes to movies, though, uh, so for real, I invested in movies, and um, it was cool. It was a cool experience because I got to meet some really cool actors that you would actually know. Okay. Um, oh uh, yes, I was going to be an extra one time. You were going to be an extra one time. Yeah, I'm not made um, for the extra scene. I, you know, you're the star. I mean, or at least the co-star. But yeah, so, so what did I, so, you know, you're, I'm coming literally out I'm at the time of bars and restaurants of, okay, I learned some lessons, I'm not going to do that shit again. And I actually get called by a past client who's a wicked smart guy, wicked smart guy who I have a ton of respect for. Um, and he has, and this guy's an attorney. And um, one of his clients that he's representing is doing movies and they kind of figured out, they're trying to apply the process and he's a process guy, mm -hmm. trying to apply the process to movie production because this is about the time frame where uh, everything is going to Netflix and Hulu and all these different, you know, just click, yeah. right? And the uh, ability to sell to other countries that he actually has already figured out and understands the ability to uh, get your movie to a distributor in Japan, get your movie to a distributor, and he okay. knows the people that, that makes those contacts. And they'd actually successfully done two movies already. And okay. I saw the profit and the speed of the profit in those first two movies, right? So they wanted to 
you know, the first thing you got to do is replicate. So did movie one, movie two worked out too. They made, they made the same profit in both. So these so are like they, straight to DVD or straight to TV movies. Well, remember there's no DVDs anymore. Right. Yeah. Like straight to, straight to Wi-Fi. Streaming. Right to, straight to <laughs> straight streaming. Straight to Wi-Fi. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> what they were trying to do was now we've replicated. Now we want to duplicate because they have a finite amount of money so they can do a few movies at a time. But they had okay. now created the director, the producers, the like they had everything lined up down to a science. And now they're trying to do five at a time or seven at a time. So, so what kind of company is that? I, actually, I think it's a good company. Because uh, what's you, a, what type of company? They just created a, a full scale like production a, so company. So in a big product, like a like a Paramount. Okay, so Paramount's like we're going to make this movie. Then we need to find our director, and we need to find right. our whatever. So what they did is they were approaching it from the cost cutting side. I've used the same producer, the S- same. This is our people. The same editor, the same filmographer, the same, the same, the same. Go find the. So actors. now you can give them all salaries. Okay. Because they work for you, and all you're bringing in is actors. And the actors were doing it for no salary. They were doing it for a percentage of the royalties. Oh, okay. okay. If so, they're betting on themselves, right? Because yeah. that's why some of the be- some of these cool actors were getting involved is they already have a name and a following, so it's pretty good likelihood that it was going to take off. Okay. Because right. somebody that's watched X actor for twenty years now is probably going to watch X actor again. So they were approaching it from. Uh, a really cool point of view. So I love the business plan. I love the operator. I did not know the salesperson, right? I did okay. not know that side of it, but I knew the operator. I High integrity, high trust person. Mm-hmm. So the bad investment that turned out good is because what I learned in the first one, which is, you know, projections are projections. What is the guarantee, right? right? There, so this is, is, there, a, is there a guarantee? This is the first time I actually brought in a written guarantee uh, that I'd get 100% return of investment within two years. Like uh, you said, I'll do it if you mm-hmm. guarantee. Really? And yeah. And so um, the answer was I did get back 100% of my investments. That's cool. Right? Um, but it didn't take off with the projections that I was expected in the first year. So, so once I had to again, wait. the projections. Well, I'm, wait, I'm waiting are... two years. Uh, and what, what it really came down to, why it didn't is... Uh, the first two movies they had done was kind of on that leading edge of, you know, content creation. Like think about how many movies and series Amazon has created, how many movies and series Netflix has created. So they're on the leading edge of it. So those guys are gobbling up content everywhere. Yeah. But come a year or two into it now, it's not the leading edge. So now you're just one of the rest. And so the, the, the profitability is driven down immensely. Right. Hmm. Um, but here's the here's the reality. Like, what the hell did I have any business do investing in the movie? <laughs> like, let's just be honest. Like, I yeah. have, other than watching them, I have zero expertise. <laughs> zero, right? You so like I movies? I do like it's movies. A hobby. My kids like movies, right? I don't get to watch them anymore because I work too much. <laughs> um, but you know, it's it's just one of those things that is the why it ended okay. You know. Um, so you made your money back. So you did this for two right, years. Right, but I will tell you, I back. will tell you this that much as well. It was the only reason I got back, is because Be- the character mm. of the person I invested in. So, wow. so he gave you the money back. It was a written guarantee that he. So put he his, had to. He didn't have to. Like, well, what's one of the things I put down is guarantees are only uh, as good as the person that's backing him, hmm. right? 
Like you he was sued him though, right? Protected by an LLC. Oh. So limited liability. So if it, if that production goes bankrupt, he didn't have to do anything. Um, oh, I like this. So guy. it's it's a great human being. And what's cool is that those movies are actually now paying dividends. That's it just good. took two and a half years longer. Right. And I wasn't wanting. I'm trying to. I believe in the velocity of money. So if I want to do an investment, I want to make money quick and then churn it and quick because okay. the returns are higher the faster you turn it. So waiting for a payoff that's three or five or seven years yeah. away better be a big freaking payoff that I really understand and believe in. I was going to say, which that goes you back to real really estate and commercial. In. Right. Yes. Like, you right. Can, like not, not in just invest money in, but like invest your heart and soul and like, right. you know, this is something right. that. You can see out. Yeah. So my no wife told me not to invest in the movies. I did invest in the movies. It, it didn't get me a wild return, but I did get all my money back. So, so I don't know if that's a win or a loss. So Again, I, it, well, it's still a loss of two years. Two years. Uh, yeah. Of $200,000. So okay. time value of money. If I had made, you know, six, 7% on just those those two but years only. But here's the other piece. Mm -hmm. Did what you did for them, did that oh. 200 grand mm -hmm. help them to get where they are now and to be making profits. Sure. Sure. See. Small piece. I mean they they See. they're they're fine on their own. But I it, hope they watch in fact. But it's got but it got them I mean truly this guy is one of my favorite past clients right? of all time and one of the best. Like the two hundred grand had to do something. Yeah. It had to do something. They bridged the gap. There you go. They bridged the gap. And that's yep. what they needed to so Right. Uh, but if we're so trying you know, to teach a philanthropist. Our, so, right. That's that is a better way to look at it. Um, yes. the the real answer there is and I've said this on a different podcast that it, when, the second I wrote the check, even though there was a written guarantee, I truly expected a hundred percent chance I would not get my money back. Like I wrote the check thinking this is a flyer stock. I wrote the check thinking I just put this on black and the roulette wheel is spinning. Like Ooh. that's what I wrote. Um, and I'll also point out that at no time ever have I invested more than 10% of my net worth in any one thing ever. So I was willing to let risk 10% of my net worth at a time on individual things, yeah. but never more than that. And I think where a lot of people make mistakes is, you know, on their restaurant, they put 80% of their net worth into an investment yeah. on a shitty investment because they're, they're going for it, right? Um, so we'll get into some of those lessons here in a second. So let's keep on going for right. more bad choices made by Josh Sigmund. Bad, cho <laughs> bad choices with uh, Josh Sigmund. My personal experience is, uh, I'm not a commodities investor or trader. And so my personal experience with buying gold and uh, Bitcoin, I'm sure somebody's going to come and say, I'm an idiot. Bring it on. <laughs> you're, my an personal, you're an idiot. My personal, I'll get the party started. <laughs> my personal experience is that those are bad investments. Bad right? investments. Okay. Um, so the investment. In we actually theory, did have somebody comment on our Instagram page about, about Bitcoin. What did they say? I can't remember, but it was not consequential it was like bitcoin's been great for me you don't know you're talking about something like that okay cool so if you invest in it early <laughs> uh i'll just say it if you invest in it 10 years ago you're a millionaire great uh basically i think it was 16 or 17 is when kind of the rage hit the news and i think it was 17 2017 uh everyone could become a millionaire in bitcoin it was the year that like bitcoin went up by like ten thousand percent in a year yeah um i still don't even know what it which is, is a really bad it. time to freaking invest uh, at the top, and that's exactly what I did. Uh, <laughs> I invested at the top with Bitcoin. I invested at the top with gold. Uh, my boring financial planner told me I shouldn't do it. I actually asked him both both times. He said, "No, I really wouldn't do that." 
He said, but you, but, but I'm encouraging you. That's my cue. This is where he's, where he's a super sly guy. I mean, it makes him a lot of money because every time he's right, then I give him more money, right? More money, yeah. Um, and, but I I literally remember sitting down with him for for lunch at Sushi Zushi and I said, hey, so think about investing in Bitcoin. You know, I I feel like, you know, maybe if there's a little bit more legs, even went up by only 50%, like it'd be a good investment. Like think about how stupid of a rationale that, that, because it's not likely for it to go up by 50, any investment to go up 50% in the next week, like, like what was happening. Um, now, Tesla had a hell of a run this year. Tesla tax. A hell of a run. Uh, but those are still flyer stocks. So I'm trying to put it put put out there is you're still putting a lot of money on black or a lot of money on red. Yeah. And you're just fucking hoping and crossing your fingers and like, please, please be right. Uh, because, you know, when it comes to commodities, one of the things I don't like about those two specifically, gold and Bitcoin, is... You're really betting on, you're betting against the US. You're betting against the economy. Mm-hmm. You're betting against like good stuff in the world. Uh, those things, gold and Bitcoin, do well when traditional investments, when the world is falling apart, when, okay. you know, when people think the end of the world, world's happening, the first thing they do is go buy gold, right? Buy gold. Um, yeah, what you talked about. So, yeah. So, I, it's kind of like if you're a gambler and you go to Vegas, everyone hates the person that bets with the house. Like if you're at the craps table, please don't do don't come. Like the don't come line versus the come line. I the, don't The know. don't pass I, versus the pass line. So something on my bucket list is to be standing around a craps table like with everybody cheering and it going yeah, crazy. Yeah, fun. I know. I've never done that before. So the cool thing about craps is exactly that. You're all playing together. The house is going to win most of the time, but everyone's betting together. But it's one of the few games you can actually bet with the house. So okay. you can be the one person on the sideline standing there like this with your arms crossed, literally hoping that everyone else loses their money because if everyone else loses their money, you win. That's what That's Bitcoin and gold is like in my book. Okay. Um, All right. I like the analogy. It, yes, people have made money in gold. Yes, people make money in commodities. It's a timing thing. You know, you, right. But I'm not a commodities investor. Most people listening to this are not commodities investors. And when you're trying to bet on timing versus an overall... Uh, average over a hundred years, you're betting on something that's you know temporal, uh, temporal, yeah. you know, short time based. It's just a, in my opinion, a bad bet. It's a bad bet. Yeah. Now, do I have some Bitcoin? Yes. Do I have some gold? Yes. Uh, why? A hedge. Yeah. And it's sure as hell isn't a lot. Like it's a little bit. It's enough to annoy me. In fact, let's see how my rate of return has been on Bitcoin. Since inception, let's just see right let's now. Let's see, because I know I've got an app here that will just tell me. Which is this is where you put on the the music right now. Do, do, oh, what is this? Do, I'm going do, off live do, here. Do. Bitcoin. Oh, there it is. What kind under, of music? It's do under we Coinbase. It's thinking the circle of death is coming up. Okay, so so like when you lifetime. Oh, it's gonna start your. Oh, by the way. Uh, this year, guess what? Is the portfolio balance up or down this year? This year, you're betting against yes, because it's bet against the it's world. Crisis time. It's crisis time, so I'm up. So right now, I'm up to only being down half of my investment oh. lifetime value. Well, there you go. Jesus. There you go. Okay, so like when you are in, so when I'm pay, actually, that's, do that's you watch personal. Shark Tank? Uh, sometimes. Oh, it's uh, hold on, news. Really Bitcoin fun. price tanks by fifteen percent in ten mi- minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's cool. literally the news on May 12th. Bitcoin price tanks by 15% in 10 minutes. Horrible <laughs> effing investment. 
This just makes me angry. <laughs> it's real, folks. It's real. So in these other investments, are you like, what is your mentality when you go into them? Are you like, you're like, I like this bar. I'm going to do this. I like this taco place. I'm going to do it. What's the end game? Like, what are you looking for? So it's two answers. If I'm honest with myself, looking back, you know, the first one is getting a boring old five or six percent return is not fun early on, right? So okay. you're trying to catch the home run. Like their pitch is coming in. You're trying to get a home run here. You're trying to get a home run there because okay. it feels like you're making more progression, right? So uh, I'll just use a great real estate investment I did that I, one of my first ones that I made a ton of money on, right? I think I talked about my mama Cedar house. So I bought a flip properties on the, on yeah. the west side of San Antonio. You and Dan, right? No, that's by myself. That oh, was the duplex yourself. that we did. Oh, okay. um, but there was a Mamacita house on the west side of San Antonio. What's a Mamacita house? It's this tiny little, like, I think it was not even a thousand square feet. It was like 950 square. Oh, okay. Like, you just call it Mamacita like house. Like an efficiency. Uh, somebody had died in it. Uh, <laughs> Christy was pregnant with Aubrey. Uh, and we were going to go in there and strip it clean. And uh, But it, the house was fine. It just, somebody had died in it. It stunk like a dead person. No, no, no. Ask Christy. This actually happened. So I bought the house for 57000 I think. It took me 7000 bucks to repaint it, refloor it. Uh, that was it. I think I repainted, refloored, re-countertopped. Re uh, I think that was all I did literally. Uh, so 7000 bucks in. I sold it for 91000 90 days later. Okay. So, so, but my wife had, when she walked in, because she was going to help me pick out the color, colors, she's pregnant. <laughs> pregnant women don't have like good stomachs. Did you want to do this? Or did you, did oh, yeah. You, did uh, this you is, want this is the it? beginning. No, this is the beginning of HGTV. We're going to do this. We're going to flip properties. We're going to make lots of money. It's the beginning when we were married and we still like liked yeah. each other and wanted to do things together. <laughs> Actually, I'll have you know, the best thing for my marriage ever was COVID-19. We are hanging out all the time. We actually enjoy that, each other's company. It's yeah, awesome. That's why the movie company's afloat, right? <laughs> right. Thanks. Drink some more of your coffee. <laughs> I suspect that she's drinking like, Everclear. <laughs> the words you bring. It's been very good for me and Randy as well. Mm. It has been good. But uh, where was it going with this? My my point the, was, what was the question? What's the reason? No, like, so the first one was, was, was returns, right? Yeah. So, you know, I was able to turn... 65,000 and 91,000 in 90 days. Like that felt substantial. It That's is legit. substantial. That's a lot of it money. It is, yeah. So now I've got this 30,000 bucks. Um, well, if I could go buy a bar or restaurant that might be able, based on their projections, to kick off a thousand bucks a month to the right. investor, $12,000 a year on a $30,000 investment, it seems like, okay, I'll do a few of these and I'll pay for my retirement, right? Hmm. Um, so the first one was return-based. The second one though is, is it, I, I cannot deny ego, right? Like I fancied myself as a serial entrepreneur. There are good ones, there are bad ones. Mm -hmm. um, I am an average one. What I've learned about myself is I'm really good at the areas of my expertise and yeah. I leave it the rest to the rest, right? Yes. And it took... 10 years to get it out of your system, get it out of my system. Um, but you know, a, a, a serial entrepreneur that, you know, has had bigger loss and bigger games, our friend Chris Hawker, right. And right. he'll talk about it all day long. <laughs> he should be sitting here he with you. Oh dude. Uh, in fact, <laughs> you know, Chris Hawker, please chime in. Um, <laughs> you know, he had an investment. Uh, I probably shouldn't say the names of the investments. <laughs> Anyways, there's, he's a guy. Let me uh, use two guys. Chris Hockert and Byron Rydell are savants to me, mm -hmm. okay? 
Uh, Byron has been a friend of mine for 20 years. I really haven't talked to him in 10, but he's just a, he's got the same birthday as me. We're just friends. Anyways, Byron calls me up one time 15 years ago after I had taken some losses on some bars and restaurants. He said, hey, I just bought a piece of property in the floodplain of River Road. Uh, I want you to. This is what you were telling. I me. want you to uh, invest in tree houses on River Road. Yes, this That's is the what story. It was. Yes. This is, I'm like, as soon as so, you said that. So I'm like, let me get this straight. You bought flood property, <laughs> and you're gonna buy. You want me to invest with hundreds of thousands of dollars to give you tree houses? Tree houses. Well, damned if the guy 15 years later has tree houses rented out for 300 bucks a and night. And teepees. And teepees. When he asked me about those, I was like, that's the dumbest thing ever. So they've got so he, but guess what his background was? Tree houses and teepees? Construction. <laughs> he built custom homes. Oh, there you so go. So he actually knew the cost construction. He knows how to repair them. He knows property what about management. What floodplain though? How do you overcome that, like- He was just... in the fucking tree. <laughs> the flood goes below it. That's why he did tree houses. But the teepees aren't. <laughs> teepees are very cheap. And when they wash away, it, they he can rebuild them. Okay. In one week's time, the Clearly amount of money I'm he makes- The amount of money he makes <laughs> per week on those teepees can pay to replace a teepee in a week. <laughs> and he keeps them right out for months at a time. Yes, right? I know. I tried to- so Byron's a savant. His wife, uh, ex-wife Katie Rydell, they did that together for a decade. Like they're just, That's they, super they cool. touched gold, right? Chris Ockert, uh, I don't know if you guys remember back in San Antonio, uh, there's a property that there's a big mulch pile that caught on fire, right? And it yeah. caught on fire and it stayed lit for like two months. They wouldn't, they couldn't put it out. Um, so that, that property was <laughs> like the devil's kiss. You don't touch that property. And he's like, well, I'll buy it. Because I can buy it at a discount and I'll figure out a way to, you know, get rid of the mulch on it and then I'll have this property I can sell. And I was like, he's like, he literally asked me, Josh, you want to invest in this with me? And I said, absolutely. absolutely. He hell still no. Has it to this day. Well, what he did is because this guy is really a serial entrepreneur. For real. Um, with big losses and big gains. Buyers had big losses and big gains, but yes. they understand the risk. They are okay with those big losses and big gains. Yeah. Is uh, he got some local cement companies that use the mulch to fire up their, uh, they, like as, as the fuel for their engines, like they, for their, the combustion for their engines. The creativity. And like, they paid him the to take 18 wheelers <laughs> to go deliver him the mulch. And they cleared the whole property with a guy named Waylon, Chris's buddy Waylon, yeah. and they made a big company out of this and they've got the property that's it's worth millions. It's worth millions. Yes, um, so, it's crazy. So, but, but what is Chris an expert at? property values yeah. he's a realtor so he looked so at the super dirt as like, the yeah, dirt you like he didn't care about the, the the obstacle was how do i get rid of this crap Carbonic. so i can have my dirt yeah and i'm looking at it as i'm buying a mulch pile but <laughs> it goes back to <laughs> yeah, so the three true. of us the areas that we've made money in right like because i'm still an owner of 15 companies five of them i have a direct daily or weekly running of the company role yeah right um guess which ones are making the most money or the most viable are the ones that i am involved in involved that i in. understand which and that's sense. that and it does make sense and so uh you know you want to help out people you want to make your money work for you but mm -hmm. it goes back to a very good firm understanding of the underlying business and what's really required yeah. and i will tell you with chris's example with waylon and that the they call the burning bush now um Two years of his life, two years of his life, he was all in yeah. on making that deal work. Yeah. Um, which is another lesson I wrote down, which is is the operator 
Is this a side hustle mm-hmm. for the operator or is this their passion project? Yeah. If it's a passion project and it's got logic and reasoning and money and a sound business plan behind it, it might work. It has a better chance of working. Yeah. If it's a great idea without the other two, it's not going to work. If it's a, uh, if it's a bad idea without passion, it probably doesn't work. If it's a great plan without a great passionate person at the helm, it usually doesn't work. So interesting. It all yeah, has it all to come has together to for the real, for companies to really take legs. Um, so that's another I love that. bad, okay. bad investment. Um, <laughs> let's talk about some real list? estate deals I've lost money on, uh, because we, we, we covered, uh, bad stockbroker. I talked about some bad bars. I talked about, uh, bad movies. Uh, talks about some companies, talked about gold and Bitcoin. Let's finish up with my bad real estate investments. Okay. And then I want to get into the real quick, just bam, 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 lessons I learned. Yeah, because you listen, I mean, the stories have totally like intertwined all the lessons too. Yeah, so I'll be, able to, I'll be able to rattle them off. But, you know, I've, I, in all the real estate investments I've ever done, I've only lost on three. And, you know, that's actually a good number. The, the really number. strange one is though, the three that I've lost on are all in the last two years. I did not lose on a single investment ever prior to three years ago in the last three. Uh, and I looked at it, I was like, well, what the hell is happening? Because I, I, I questioned myself about that. And what the answer is, is I'm doing a lot more real estate deals. A lot more. Mm. So okay. um, what happened with doing a lot more is my personal oversight in those deals diminished. Got it. Right? Yep. So uh, I'll give you three perfect examples. So one one investment I got into, uh, a lot, I did have done a lot of them is hard money loans. So hard money loan is somebody can't traditionally qualify for a mortgage or they just need money to, to flip a property. Uh, they're willing to take on an ugly rate, 10, 12% rate with a couple of points on it. So uh, for outside looking in as, uh, you know, putting my money to work, I can make 10 to 12% in a 90 to 90 day right. to six month period of time. Short time yeah. It's good movement. Uh, I understand the property values. I understand the location. I understand the risk. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, in general, most of the time, a good risk for me. Um, I got comfortable with a client and I broke my own rules. So one of the things that you should do if you're funding repairs is you should have a draw schedule. And so what's supposed to happen is they prove the works performed by pictures and, and written, and then you refund them the money, not you front them the money. And this guy and I had made a lot of money together and a lot of deals. Say that one more time. You um, said you refund and not front. Yeah, you don't front the money. Okay. Bad fucking choice. Okay. Well, I gotten comfortable with this guy because we'd done a lot of deals together, made a lot mm-hmm. of money together. Uh, him on the flip side, me on the hard money side. And uh, and so he asked me this one time, something he's like, you know, you, we've been doing all these draws. This was probably the one, t- one of two times I've been taken advantage of. Um, so he asked me, he said, hey, you know, you know how I work. Rather than coming to you every week, and I'm really busy in my current work at the time. He said, "Why don't you just, you know, here's the budget. Why don't you just give me the money? I'll take care of all of it, and I'll give, and we'll, and we'll do it. And I'll owe it to you at the end." Well, what I didn't know is that the guy had literally become a degenerate gambler, literally. Ugh. And so I paid for this house in cash. Now I'm the lien holder, so I do technically own the. Uh, I can take the property. I don't own the property. I can take the property. Mm-hmm. Uh, I fronted him about sixty thousand bucks to do repairs, and um, and then he comes to me three months later and, and crying in my office. And he literally says, I'm really sorry, Josh. I lost it all uh, gambling. Shit. And I'm sitting there on the table like, first of all, I'm like, what the hell did I miss? You know, what I feel happened? bad for the kid. He's a kid. He's, you know, 10 years my younger. Um, so I'm dealing with this. What the hell did I miss? Wow. Question mark. Next to a, uh, 
what you know where did this go wrong with you i feel bad for you coupled with this i'm so, i'm going to beat I, I your beat ass sh- and you. kill you yes. and take your innards out yeah because i've been taken advantage of like yes. how dare you yeah and all those emotions went through me um Jeez. Anyways, I still have the property. It's I probably got three hundred and one thousand into it because not only did I have to put back in another sixty thousand, but he had the value. So the sixty is just gone. It, there, he doesn't have the money. It's, I could sue him, but gone. I'd be squeezing a bean right. for money and paying, like, and paying and paying and paying and paying. Right. So so you know I've finally gotten a point, but he under he undervalued the repairs required. He overvalued what it would sell for. And so now I'm in for about $301,000 in the house. It's probably worth 200000 And the anger and effort and time I've put into this for the last two yeah. years now. Oh, it's been so uh, long. It's been two years. And so that was a really, really bad one. Uh, lesson learned, I broke my rules. Like, don't broke break your, your rules. freaking rules. You know, yeah, that right. you put things in place to protect you and them. Um, that are fair. Are there these rules that you have come up with over time or that yeah, you've been taught? Yeah, but there's also basic ideas like don't give somebody, would you ever give somebody that's not your family member a blank check? Would you even give a family member a blank check? I mean, probably. <laughs> don't ever invest ever. You're not allowed. I'm your no person. The answer is no. <laughs> like, literally like I leave my Jesus. door unlocked. I'm like, so learn from me. I'm telling you these, blank, I'm telling you these landmines that are definitely going to blow your legs off if you don't listen to me. Okay. This is why I do And I'm this. good at this piece and I'm a great real estate yeah. investor and I broke my rules and I lost my ass. So to be continued, I'll tell you what I, how much I actually to- lose in total when it's all said and done. <laughs> But I'm expecting north of of a hundred thousand on a piece of real estate that's not worth two hundred thousand. Is it? Um, you can. Are you going to sell it? You have some. Yeah. In there? So the only we're we're now within four weeks of putting it on the market. Uh, it's but still the, under like you're still working on it. Yeah. Because it just one of those things that got worse and worse and worse. Like, oh you know, you you start to frame up the walls only to find out that it's not square. Why is it not square? Because the foundation is not good. Then you go yeah, into the foundation, that, you yeah. find out that the plumbing's broken. The, you yeah. know, it just goes on and on and on. So, you know, it's a worst case scenario. And I can tell you I've made millions of dollars in real estate, but so a $100,000 loss. selling it or do you keep it and put renters in it? Uh, I haven't decided yet. I don't own it yet. So I'm at the foreclose. Like, what will probably end up happening is I'm going to have to have him sell it, pay back as much as he can, and I'm going to do a personal... Uh, uh, I'll probably do a lien against him, mm. um, a judgment against him is what I'll do in, in the small courts, um, because what he did, I could literally put him in jail for. Yeah, I just, I'm not you, that guy. Not I don't like think that's. Yeah, he's a kid. He'd be, and he he'd showed have a really, up in your office. Yeah, he did. If he, if said, he keeps on doing the right thing through the end, he'll be okay. If he doesn't do the right thing, I'm gonna put him as you know. Yeah, I'll put him to sleep forever. Story. Uh, don't, um, uh, I'm joking. I put him in jail, but if I put him in jail as a kid, he's going to go to sleep forever in jail. I promise you that. Um, you know, it's just, there's your emotion for you. Yes. I'm irritated. Yes. It's painful. It's painful, but it's real, right? So Second. real. Yes. Money Second. is emotional as Dude. we've yeah. pointed out. Second one I lost an investment was I bought a property. Uh, again, goes back to a guy I've, I've done lots of deals with, um, I, I don't, it was, I, I'm clear he was not trying to screw me. I'm going to say it that way. He, I'm good. clear he was not trying to screw That's me. That's a good starting point. I trust that to be true. Um, he was a realtor that I've done a lot, a lot of loans with. Um, you know, we've traveled together and he's hunted at my ranch. Like we're close enough people like yeah. that, right? Well, he, he, he was not a real estate flipper himself. 
So he flips his first property on his own. He gets it all rehabbed. And um, he lets me know where the area is and what the price was for me to buy it as an investment property. I was looking to keep a, a long-term investment property. I liked the area. I thought I was helping him out. I knew I could get good rents on it, so I bought it. I didn't get an inspection of the property because I trusted him, right? Well, and he had hired a sub and he trusted the sub. So again, it's not a him thing, right? but it's it's not his fault, it was his problem. Does that make sense? It's yep. not his fault, Absolutely. it is his problem. yeah, for sure. Um, anyways, I bought it, rented it out, got the rents he told me I was gonna get. It's cruising along for a year. It's Everything's going great. Um, and I'm literally thinking autopilot with my buddy Chris on property management, it's gonna go yeah, on forever. Done. And a year later, I get a cease and desist order from the city. So this is two years ago. So you get a cease and desist order, April, two years ago. Oh my gosh. Um, no, it was one year ago, April last year. And it said, uh, we're showing the electricity. We can see that you've done some repairs to this property without ever pulling permits. So I'm like, what? excuse me. So I call my buddy, we go down there. Well, unbeknownst to my buddy, the contractor who he instructed to shave, to, to shave, you know, cut, cut as many costs as he could, did by not pulling permits and <laughs> doing the permits. so. How'd they find out? Uh, probably to the front of the, it was. I think. Oh, you know what? They added on a porch to the front, so the frontage looked different. And I yeah. guess that they. I mean, they've got. I probably drive around with a camera and just look yeah. at every property every yeah. year. So, anyways, oh um, long story short, what ended up happening was they literally did turn off the electricity. I had to kick the uh, renters out. I had to refund their their money, of course. And then on yeah. top of that, I had to rip out walls, rip out foundation, rip out what was already redone, <laughs> and thirty five thousand dollars of repair, six months of headache yeah. later, and seven months of lost rent later, I finally got my coc my my certificate of occupancy to allow renters to go in again. So I lost almost a year. Our friendship was challenged. Right. Um, wow. You know, because you questioned, did you screw me? And of course, I don't believe yeah. that to be true. Right. Um, but, you know, it, it's just, that was a big loss. So moral of the story, a fucking $300 of inspection <laughs> would have solved, worth it. would have been worth, worth it. Right. It. Like little things, it goes to, I got comfortable, I stopped doing some basic things that yeah. I know are important to do. Uh, and I'm in real estate and I, get, I I know to get inspections on new homes. I didn't get one. Um, the third one so was- So interesting. Um, I, I don't even have to go into the third one because it was truly the first time that I'd had a situation where um, ev we did everything right, but the comparables for what was going to be worth, what we could sell for, we at the end, we were unable to get and that number. Get that, yeah. And the cost estimate uh, by not having the at the time the right team to give a good walking through a house, imagine like this is going to cost about uh, $35,000. I can stay yeah. within that budget for all these things. You know, if that number is not spot on, basically what happened is it got pinched because my costs were higher, what I could sell for was lower. And so, you know, I'd lost five figures in that one too. Um, so I've had, Jeez. and that's the ones I came up with in five minutes before five, this episode. So when that's I say true. I've lost a lot of money, I've lost a lot of money. Lost you know, there's innumerable things I've done that are silly. So let's just focus on the lessons learned. Yeah, let's So I can em. feel I better about myself. I the way I, I kind of explain <laughs> this to my wife is Chrissy's One of my questions I have is, does Chrissy know yes. all, like, like when you're going into an investment, are you like, this is what I'm thinking? Or is it like a, hey, no. here's what I did. So Chrissy, yeah, <laughs> forgiveness, not permission. 
right? Oh, I love that. I, yeah, I, that's what forgiveness, I live by. Not, yeah, forgiveness, not permission. So Christy, that's what I live by. Christy uh, thankfully allows me to play and do what mm-hmm. I do well. And I've, it's worked out most of the time, clearly. Um, but she does have the, what were you thinking moments? Like he, she has definitely looked me in the what eyes and, and literally like undressed me <laughs> with her eyes like, you idiot, you know? Um, but yeah, she's given me a lot of grace in those. And, That's good. And so That's good. what I try to explain to her when we've talked about this is I have a very expensive education. You know, I have about a million dollars of education right. in how to make money and how to lose money, right? Absolutely. Um, so that's the way I look at it. So I would say if you're investing in any way, shape or form, yes, you have to be willing to take the risk with the reward, but you have to understand if you're chasing returns ever, the risk is inherent. And it doesn't mean don't stop firing bullets. It just means learn and move on, right? Yeah. So here's my short list yeah. I wrote down. Uh, for one, uh, number one, invest in who you know and who knows what the hell they're doing, right? Like, don't just like when I'm uh, going back to earlier stories of I invest people that had great vision, right? Great ideas, but didn't know what the hell they were doing. That's what I mean. So it's it's great that I invest in people, but I invest. I want to f- in future only invest in people that I know, like, and trust, and are experts in their field. Experts, right? Like if Byron asked me to da- uh, do another teepee, I will do a teepee. <laughs> Tell him to call me too. Yeah, call me please. Please, I will invest in the uh, environment. Um, Number two is understand the numbers. I'm better at this than most, but uh, a lot of people, they'll get a pro forma. You know, when you're an investor in anything, you're supposed to get a pro forma to tell you what the expect rates of return on. Mm -hmm. And I've watched people because I've pitched people for businesses before too. And I've watched people kind mm-hmm. of look through it and you can literally see their eyes glaze over and they don't have a clue they what they're looking it. at. You're right. Um, and so if that's you, like ask a CPA to look at the numbers. Ask else. a financial Pull planner to look at the numbers. Like, ask another uh, uh, business owner to, that's in that industry to look at the numbers and call bullshit or foul in one yes, of the areas that are in there. Yes, yes, um, yes. Number three goes into that too, which is be super conservative with projections. Like whatever the projections are, cut them in half. <laughs> And if yeah. the numbers work at half or a quarter, you're probably okay. Because what are they pulling the projections from? Their ass. Correct. <laughs> like hopes. based on what? Well, in theory, a better business is based on what they accomplished in a in the same scenario with a proven concept. Like, but if it's like startup, it's a, well, uh, there's two different things, right? So think about restaurants. Chipotle is Chipotle is Chipotle. Yeah. So each individual store, it's you got a projection, right? Yeah. But if it's a new concept, new startup, new IT, there's no new way something. To, there's nobody. Hello. Know. Nobody know. Right. Um, number four, uh, proven track records of somebody on the team. So you don't want to have one person doing all of it, right? We uh, going down to step lower, lower is ops and sales. Both of them are needed. You need a great operator and yeah. a great salesperson. You need both of them at a minimum if not another one or two people on the team. Yeah. Uh, but they've got to have a, somebody's got to have a proven track record. Like, don't tell me you're great with numbers. Show me. Uh, don't Show me tell me you're done. great at sales. What have you actually sold of yeah. volume compared to peers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, individual ability to audit numbers. Uh, so Black Sheep Lodge, that restaurant that we're, I'm a, a minority owner of up in Austin, the hamburger joint. Oh, okay. Um, you never said that name earlier. Okay. It's Black Sheep Lodge. Uh, Which you totally should be like shouting because you're an investor. So you want people to go there. Uh, Black Sheep like, Lodge is pretty awesome. I know the owner of this place. Yeah. It's, it's funny because, <laughs> you know, half the other owners don't know me. Do they know? need a marketing rep? I mean, do they need, maybe, some, do they need some marketing? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, what I will tell you, again, lesson learned there that worked out 
you know, inadvertently of something that my buddy David, who got me involved in the bar and that restaurant, uh, put in there as a response to the first one lesson learned. Uh, he's about 10 years older than me and he's done more of these types of things. So mm -hmm. I kind of learned a lot from him. But what he did is he put in there the ability for the investors to audit the numbers. Uh, and so as a result, okay. we did actually fire one of the operators, one of the top three operator owners that have been with the company for 10 of 12 years. Uh, he wow. was let go because the numbers didn't, didn't match up. They didn't wow. jive, right? Okay. So that's not an accusation. I was yeah. not part of the auditing process, but the individual ability to audit the numbers as an investor with your own CPA, your own financial planner yeah. with no recourse. Like I want to see it. I want my person to run at very Fair least enough. ask questions. Like if you're involved, why wouldn't that be an okay thing? Sure. If you're really an honest person, why wouldn't that be okay? Because if you miss a dot one way, you can miss a dot the other way. Yeah. Right. Which could give more profitability to the company. So, oh, uh, but that's so super true. important. Yeah. Uh, and so people that are reluctant to allowing you to audit the numbers, big freaking warning sign. Big warning sign, um, yeah. Number seven, uh, personal lives can screw up investments. You know, I learned that from my gambler. Uh, I'll also tell you that people that are having affairs, uh, like it's going to affect the business. I'm going to tell you that. That goes back to the wheel of life. Wheel of life in general, if you're not balanced like in all shit, areas. Shit's so messed up. It is not it's judgment. People make mistakes. For sure. People get divorced. People do stuff, right? Um, but the more intimate knowledge you have of who's going to be running your investment, uh, like I've got, a, I've invested in a, a chain of restaurants is one mm -hmm. of my investments that uh, was doing gangbusters for three years. And then he and his wife got into a very ugly, nasty divorce. He so lost sad. probably 30 pounds from stress. Well, his attention was on the wife and, or ex-wife sure, and kids, not on, yes, the company. It's not on the company. And so who's watching? Yeah. So I still am an owner in that restaurant chain, but I haven't gotten a check for the last seven years. Right? Wow, yeah. Um, so um, paying pay attention to people's personal lives. Guarantees, you know, if you can get a guarantee, but guarantees are only worth who you're, who's guaranteeing it, right? right? Do they have the means? Like I actually audited, I asked for, I asked for a copy of the proven financials to back up the guarantee. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's something that I knew the yeah. guy had the money and he put it in writing with a legal contract. I mean, that's legit. I got my check and two, it years, two and years it later, worked, right? Yeah. Um, inspectors on all properties. Jesus. Just Lord help me, just get a just damn inspection, inspection. 300 bucks, <laughs> worth their weight in gold. Um, and then uh, making sure if you're if for going specifically to real estate also, really having somebody that's extremely knowledgeable and accurate with rehab costs. If you're going to get in that space, you have to be that's super. The, that's the biggest risk, isn't it? Is, well, well, both well ways. not really because you don't really know what's behind the walls, right? You don't know right. what you're going to find. Right. Um, so, but, the, but they better be underestimating, not, I'm sorry, overestimating, over not it, underestimating, yeah, right? For sure. So top takeaways for me, if I look back on the last 15 years of fuck ups, um, <laughs> no, number one would be invest in what you know and understand. And if you don't understand it fully, like be super inquisitive. Yes. Like take the extra steps, read, read more, seek counsel, like be super. Yeah. If it's something you want to get into, cool. Yeah. But study it a lot before you put your money up, right? Um, that one investment that you, it's only good if you give me a check by the 30th of the month, Ugh. which I've been involved in before. Oh, like it makes right? me squirm. Then, I don't like okay, that. Then, then if you're not ready and comfortable, then don't do it. I, I will say as an asterisk, mm -hmm. even if you commit verbally to an investment, you're not all in to write the check. So I had one time where I had agreed to it. I got to the wire. My gut instinct, 
I just had something gnawing. I still wrote the check and guess what I lost, right? Don't you hate that when you know? And then I did it. And you just do it anyway. And it's like, that's my Expensive lesson, but that that goes together. Uh, Two is be willing to lose it all. You know, uh, as much sleep as I have lost, I've lost very little compared to the checks I've written. Um, Like I, I literally have gone into all these investments truly expecting no return at all. Here's a check written, just like Bitcoin. Just, just like gold, it's just, just like an individual fire stock. Um, it's something I want to bet on. I'm a gambler. I'm willing to lose the money. If yeah. you're not willing to lose it all, do not do it. do it at all. Do oh. not get involved. Just be with Boring Run. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and, be, and be happier, right? And be happier, <laughs> That's right? That's where I am. <laughs> and then number three is, uh, I would say the biggest lesson I've learned, and this comes from Eric Kala, who's another financial planner of mine, and Ron Anderson from both of them, who I highly endorse, endorse both of them. Yeah highly endorse both of them is um, you play to not lose, don't play to win when it comes to returns. Let me explain that for a second. Uh, I care more now as I've aged in not losing what I've got and my investments being there, being there Always, yeah. than I care about getting an extra 2%. So I'm really right. proud of both of them is, is that in this crazy bad environment, mm-hmm as much as some people lost in the stock market over the last 90 days, yeah. and yes, it's rebound a little bit, like um, I'm within 3% of where I was on January 1st. There's a lot of people that lost 10 or 20% and then got advice to sell at that time oh, and then now, buy back, now, like, like pay taxes because they sold and then they're buying back in. Like what I'm really proud of them is their strategy is, is to not lose my wealth, Yeah, uh, to yeah. get to out, earn inflation. It's not to make 20%. I love that. Um, so those, are the, a, a those really... are the things I think I, I've really learned over the years. Uh, will I take other gambles? For sure. For sure. Um, that is who I am and, and I enjoy <laughs> it. But will I lose again? Sure, I will. And we'll um, but do I hope another that episode to tell about it. Right? Is that what you want to know? <laughs> Have you embarrassed me enough? You did so good. Cool. You did so good. Yeah. Well, if you Similar guys want to me. learn more about the screw ups in my life, <laughs> go ahead and, and write something down, comment, like, subscribe, share with your friends and share family. Friends. But Brent, it's really great to have you back. And you too. It's so good to see you. God bless you all. Keep your hands clean. <laughs> Stay away from people. Hug them from afar, but get your ass back to Elbow work. Elbow bumps. We boom, need to boom, stimulate this economy boom, a little boom, bit. Boom. Uh, and uh, this is Sigmund Sense. Peace out. Bye.